is um, like you, you hear me, it's like, wow, I have not heard this song before. I've heard it once, maybe a long time ago, not even a long time ago, but you know, when we went down for Katie's brother's graduation and you hear a whole, it's like, oh, wow, I haven't heard this since, since 2017 or something like that. So, so it's good to inject, I think, a, a little bit of new, uh, new music. Uh, so we'll, we'll try to uh, hopefully turn that into something a little bit more regular. So we are uh, getting back to talking about um, the resurrection. And um, I think Mike talked about some evidences for the resurrection. Is that how I ended? Okay. So um, we want to talk about the work of it. We talked about um, the week before last, we were discussing uh, the work in establishing a kingdom. That, that one of the things that Christ came and, and accomplished was establishing really a new power structure. Um, not that he was ever not the king. He was born a king. Uh, but to what he, in, in reality, what he did was make that applicable to us. Right? He opened up that avenue to us. He was always the king. God is always the king. But we didn't have the ability to access that at that point. It wasn't until his resurrection that that becomes an applicable thing for us uh, in, in terms of being a part of a kingdom, the per se. Were not able to access right. The it's right. That, that, that was, they, they had maybe in, in a weird sense a, a partial, you know, uh, kind of, access to it but but not completely because his resurrection as as the scripture says goes back and retroactively saved the jewish people you know, he he says that he he suffered he died for the sins previously committed I mean, wait a second i thought they offered lambs and goats he says yeah but the lamb, blood of lambs and goats was never capable to take their sin away it, it wasn't an equivalent sacrifice it wasn't it, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't the sacrifice of a willing, innocent participant in that. They, they were, animals were forced to, and they were never the moral equivalent of a human being. So, so they weren't able to do that. So we want to talk about another action that the, uh, that the resurrection does. Uh, and that is, uh, I want to t- we're going to talk about the idea of the new creation and what that means. We, could, we, we use the phrase, we hear the phrase, every creature is a new creation. We're going to look at some of these scriptures uh, around that um, topic. So let's turn first. Katie, you want to read 2 Corinthians. And we're going to turn to chapter 5, and it's going to be verse 14 through 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Yes, and we'll hope we have a better week than last week, or a week before it. <laughs> the Christ love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Through 17. Sorry. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view, that we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer, therefore, 
Okay, so, so we get into the, the concept of a new creation. Now, from uh, when are we a new creation? That's important. Because depending on how we answer this question, we might think of the new creation differently. When is the person a new creation in this, in this passage? Okay, so it's in Christ. So, so it's an already existing thing. What might our mind tend to draw towards when we talk about new creation? What's that? Okay, so for us, we, we think of like baptism. We're going to look at that exactly here in a second. We, we tend to think of it, but I think a lot of times that it is tempting, and there is an aspect of this is true. We're going to look at two aspects for us to think of heaven, Right? That, that's when, when everything will be made new and, and all of those reference that, and it would be easy for us to look at the new creation as, and, and there is an element that that is true, and we'll see all those scriptures. Uh, so if it's now, then uh, he says we don't regard anybody how. We, we don't pay attention to what. We're in Second Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, verse uh, 14 through 17. How, do, how does Paul not consider people? Okay, worldly percent. And some say fleshly. Some, some say, like, like a physical standpoint. That's, that's not, he, we don't regard them. So, so, so the new creation is based on what? In, in this passage, what is the new creation? What, what references or frame of reference does he have? So, so he's 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 saying like uh, we're not thinking. Well, so so we're, we're t- we've already become a new creation, right? If you're in Christ, if I'm in Christ, I'm already a new creation. So, what is the base? Like, like in what? Um, what? How how can I say this? Uh, in what way am I a new creation? Spiritual. Spiritual. All right, that's what I was looking for. I am spiritually a new creation. That has already been done. Now I know that because I wake up with aches and pains. So I know I'm not new. I, in fact, that's getting worse. <laughs> and it will get worse. Thank you for that. Just wait till next year. Uh, I think, oh my goodness, what a road trip. I need the chiropractor. I can't wait till Monday morning. Um, that that's but I'm a new creation. That that's a statement of fact here. All things have been made new. Well, my neck hasn't. But but that's uh, he's talking about spiritual things. So uh, I have new life because Christ rose, and it's connected specifically to the resurrection. And that's important. It's it, it it's not that it. We can't really segment everything, and I know, especially being a guy, I love to segment and put everything in boxes. But he accents more here. Now, the death and resurrection are two sides of the same coin. And from Christ's perspective, when he died, he rose. It was, it was a 
fait accompli. He, he, it, was, it was from the beginning. God knew this was going to happen. It wasn't going to stop it. Satan was not going to stop this. But until that happens, until that happens, it's not completed. Uh, and, and so it, it's the resurrection that kind of puts the finishing touches. So, so a lot of these scriptures accent the, the resurrection. And it goes back to the one word that we talked about. What was the word that oversees everything that Christ's resurrection does? Victory. victory. It's that victory over death. It's that, uh, that, that it redeems us. It, it, it does everything. All of that is, is summed up in this resurrection. This is where he conquers, where he becomes king, where he establishes a, a kingdom. And he marches in and says, all authority is mine. And so, uh, so he has the authority now to make us new. Romans chapter 6, we've, hi- we've, we've kind of referenced it. I want to go through this a little bit. Paul, do you want to read... Um, Romans 6, it's verse, uh, we can split it up if you want. You take 1 through 5, and then Winetta, uh 6 through 9. Romans chapter 6, so a total of 1 through 9. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. There are those who have died in Jesus. How can we live in this? And so this is where we connect, and it's been referenced already, baptism to, uh, to this new creation, to this, this new person. Uh, where is the accent? Now, where is the accent on? Where is the emphasis? What event is the emphasis on in this passage? Okay, I died to sin. And then you're raised, raised to life. Right, the new life is connected to the raising, not to the burying. All right. This is important. We place so much emphasis, and I think it, we do this sometimes when someone uh, underemphasizes something. We want to emphasize that, right? We want to make sure that this gets a point of emphasis. 
And, and in doing so, we can create a new emphasis that was never there. And, and baptism, I think, can do that. We don't want to uh, underemphasize it, but I think sometimes because the religious world around us de-emphasizes baptism, we can place all of the, uh, all of the, we can mention and mention and mention and mention and mention and mention it, reference it, highlight it. And it, it can assume a place that it was not intended to have. It, it, it's, it's very hard to kind of in the pendulum swing to stop where you're supposed to. You can't have one without the other, though. You you're right. Rise you cannot you rise buried. unless you've been buried. But I, I just want to, I want to notice that, that the, it, it's, the emphasis is not on what we do. That, in the baptizing, that's not where the emphasis is. He references it. He connects the, and, and there's an important metaphor in here. And I, I do want to go through the metaphor because I think it's important. But the emphasis is in the rising and it's in the resurrection of Christ. It's in the action that Christ does. It is not in the action that I do. And that's important because we can come away um, making people think that that's where, even if we don't up here, we can give people the impression that that's really what our emphasis is. And, and, and people who look at the churches of Christ from an outside perspective think that's all that we care about. Then you would have holy water because yeah. it would be, you know, yeah. you go on underneath the mm-hmm. holy water yeah. in order to... Right. Yes. Yeah. From our perspective, we, we clearly see the difference, right? But I, I, this is what I'm saying. From, from an outside perspective, we can emphasize it so much that that's the, that's the, that's the takeaway with a person that doesn't, that's not familiar with terminology or whatever. Uh, so, so we want to. I, I just want to make sure that we're, we're when we look at this passage, we are focusing on the work of Christ and, and and saying yes, this is a part of it. I can't I can't do this without the doing of this. This is important, uh, but it is not the foundation. So, uh, so the metaphor is what? Let, let, well, let's look at the foundation of the metaphor. Let's look at the what Christ did. What is the doing of of, of Christ? In this, what is the, the sequence of events? His death. Okay, boom, he died. And then what? Buried. He's buried. And then what? Rose. He rises from the new, in newness of life, right? Like he has a new life. He's, he's uh, uh, out, and that's, that's the miracle. That's, that's the, the greatest part of this thing. That's, that's why this is, it's not amazing that he died. Everybody in life has died. It's not amazing that he was buried. These are things that are prerequisites to the victory. The the victory, what makes him the firstborn, is that he is the firstborn from the dead. He's the resurrection. It's the victory. The rest is things that set up that that checkmate. It's all the... All the advanced moves in ahead, and you're thinking ahead, and you get everything, and then boom, I win. That's, that's the great moment. So let's back up. Now let's look at the what I do. Because the evangelical, I want to look at, how does the evangelical world 
<coughs> around us look at salvation? What is, what is the occurrence of events? Believe in Christ. Okay, I believe in Christ. Because you acknowledge him, you're Okay, saved. So, so then I'm saved. <laughs> then what? Well, okay, so we all agree, I think, on that. Well, most of us do, but, but then what? Just in relation to, to this, what, what, what will be the next thing considered? The Great Commission. Okay. Baptism. So, baptism will be third. But a lot of them don't even baptize. Right, it, it becomes optional, because I've already got the salvation. Okay. An outward sign of an inward grace. There we go, outward sign of an inward grace. Right, so, so, so this is the order. Now let's look at what they've done to Christ. If Christ it's like reverse engineering. Have you ever, uh, uh, we did this um, when we lived in Ukraine. We would use Google Translate. And it was kind of a joke because I, I would, when it was in its early stages, it was not that good. You know, they're, they're getting pretty good now. But we would take something that we put into English and put it, like, and so we would translate it into Russian. And then I, I just, for kicks, I'd copy and paste that and put it back into the English. See how this comes out in English. And you couldn't understand it. It was really horrible. It was like, I wonder if what Google just said in Russian is that bad or if it's just because it's gone through. A bad, you know, reverse engineer it and see how close it is. So let's reverse engineer this and see what Jesus does. It, looking at the evangelical world. So they have, say the sinner's prayer, right? I guess repentance kind of, you know, and, and killing the old man kind of idea. Uh, and, and then they have new life, right? You're now saved and now I have being baptized. So, so, so let's look at that. What do they have Christ doing first? Christ dies. They got that right. right? It, it's, the, it's the connection of killing my old man, repenting, and wanting to be done with that. That's 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 same same, right? Now what? What now? What is Jesus doing? Next, Jesus does what? He saves you. He raises you. Okay. In the metaphor, next, the second thing that Jesus does after he dies is he raises. According to the evangelical, if we, if we reverse engineer the metaphor, right, they have, they have repentance, then they have new life, and then what do they do? Then you're baptized. Then you're baptized. So, so what, where, where do they end with Jesus? Jesus? Jesus is buried. So they've buried Jesus alive, if you think about it. <laughs> like, that, that's odd, right? They, 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 they've... Uh, They've crucified Jesus, they've raised him, and then they've buried him. That's the metaphor. Jesus says, this is a metaphor for what you're doing. <coughs> We're buried with him, right? It, 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 we, we, we die, we, we, it, we bury in baptism, and then we rise to newness of life. It, it works. It's, it's a wonderful metaphor. It works. So, so if we want to preserve, if we reverse engineer this, the whole evangelical world doesn't understand the work of Christ in the resurrection. The resurrection is the ultimate moment. The, the resurrection from the watery grave in, in, in parallel. Right? That's 
the newness of life. That's where you get that. You don't get that when you're on the cross. You don't get that in the, in the moment. It, it's important for us to preserve what Jesus is doing because you know, Paul did, was kind of inspired to give us this metaphor. So I, th- I think it's important to kind of go through that. This is the new creation, and I want to emphasize this is the spiritual new creation. We're focusing on, on, on that aspect for this opening section. Now I want to look at another passage, though. First uh, Peter chapter 1. Uh, did that make sense? Or was I a little obtuse? Okay. First Peter chapter 1. Okay, um, could you read verse 3 and 4? All right, so now the resurrection is giving me what? An inheritance. An inheritance? What else is it giving me? Hope. Hope. Where do all these things draw my attention to now? Eternal. What's that? Eternal. Ah, we're moving past here. I- I'm now looking at something that is not decaying. I'm looking at something that, that, that it, you know, this is, this is what Christ said, lay up your treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust, they don't destroy, they don't decay, it doesn't rust, none of that stuff. Uh, so, uh, so we are looking at what kind of a creation now? Where's the emphasis now? It's still spiritual. It's spiritual in a sense. Okay, immortal. Um, let's look at Second uh, Peter. Peter has a lot to say about this topic. Uh, I wonder if that's because he wrote a little bit later. Uh, but Second Peter chapter 3 and verse uh, 13. Becky, could you read that? Okay, so, so, so there is the spiritual aspect of this. It is, there is righteousness, but we are looking for... It's a, it, it is a physical location. It, there is, it is somewhere. It is a physical thing that we're looking for. I am looking for a period where I don't deal with this, this body. Uh, what will I deal with? Um, well, let's go to Romans chapter 8. I'm going to jump over to the other side of the room here. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Terry, do you want to read uh, verse 18 through 23? I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, 
but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Uh, through 23? Is that 23? Okay. Uh, our version's a little different. So. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Okay, so where is the emphasis on the work of the resurrection? What, what is this new creation? What is, the, what is it that we're all waiting for? Be liberated. liberated from what? Bondage. Bondage of sin. Okay, that's spiritual. But what is waiting? But your bondage of your earthly body. My earthly body, and that's an important phrase. That's a very important phrase. My body is waiting. Yes. This is the bondage to decay. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, that, that physical decline... Right? The, the, the Bible says we, we, we're decaying daily, but, but inwardly we're renewed, right? So that's an emphasis on the spiritual getting better. But he says we, we groan every day. That's literal, not, not metaphorical. So it's physical. <laughs> that is correct. Waiting, waiting, waiting for liberation from a earthly body. My body's waiting. There is, in other words, a physical existence. Right? The Bible talks about being changed. Right? This is not going to go out of existence, except it's going to go out of existence as I know it. I, I'm not going to be a wisp of nothingness floating through eternity. Some ether vapor thing. <laughs> I'm going to have a physical body. I just am going to have one that doesn't need to be constantly sustained. It doesn't need to go to the hospital and get repaired. It doesn't need sustenance. It doesn't need a chiropractor. It doesn't need all of those things that I need. And increasingly, I'm not going to need those things. My body is waiting for that moment where it can just where I can be healthier than I've ever been any day on this planet. Where I can feel better. Like, and we wait for that. And the longer time goes on, the more we want it. Uh, so I want to look at uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Grace, would you read that? 1 John 3, 2. First John three two. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Okay. So there's a lot here. First John three two says a number of things. First of all, I don't know what it's gonna look like. I can imagine lots of things, but I have no idea. 
But I know a couple of things. First of all, what? Most importantly. I'm going to be like him. Whatever the form is that he has, there's a form. We'll see it. He says, we will see him. And then we will become like it. That's what the Bible says. We're going to be transformed in a moment. We're going to, kind of more towards the end of this class, we're going to kind of go through the order and the chronology of, of as best as we can understand it. What is out there? It's called eschatology, which is a big word. Basically, means afterlife stuff. Uh, and there is some we can know, some we guess, but we'll we'll deal on what we can know from the scriptures. Uh, so I don't want to get too far down that road. But but there is a physical transformed Christ. I don't know. Again. It, it feels almost sacrilegious when when you when you say that like like Christ like we're bringing Christ down and I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying Christ up there is has a, a body like I understand it. I, I, it's he's clearly says it's something we don't understand. I can't comprehend it, but it is tangible in some sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he could like teleport to places. He disappeared. He did that before his resurrection. I wasn't. I, I didn't think about that, or I would not fully. But the, um, the 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 you know he ate. He sat down and ate with his. You know, mm-hmm. so he, he he could eat if he wanted to. Um, and he was physically transported up into heaven, right? Uh, but then. Yeah, he could change and people didn't recognize yeah. him. Yeah. Didn't want him to be you yeah. know, want to be recognized. Um, then then there's the then there's the uh, the account in in, uh, in Revelation where you've got you know this image of him like looking like glowing and yeah. you know, having like you know just a really powerful almost like you know like an angel type of of, of, of uh, aspect to him. So I mean we we, we can see that, hey, there's some physical aspects of this, whatever form that he decides to take, but then right. there's also like this really supernatural, right. you know. Yep. But I wasn't aware that he teleported. Yeah, like, like he's on one side of the lake, and then all of a sudden he's on the other side of the lake when they get to there, and he's like, how did you get over here? I'm like, huh, what? what? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, so, I mean, he had supernatural abilities. I mean, he's walking on water. He's, you know, he's, he's got the, there's the, there's the uh, transfiguration, I think of. He, he passes through crowds. They're ready yeah, to he's, they're, like, they're ready to stone him. He's in the temple. They're like, where'd he go? Like, it just says he passed out of him. Like, like he doesn't, it, the, the, there's, uh, but you're right, though. though the Christ had always had this access to manipulate physical things. So, so there's a physical nature. Yeah. <laughs> so. Philip did too because he was with the yeah. Ethiopian eunuch and then suddenly so it, it he showed up Yeah, it says he, he was found at Azotus. Like, how did I get here? I don't think he had the ability to do that himself. And that's the difference between uh, between uh, God or Christ and, and, and humans is humans do things crazy things but it's always with the aid of of christ where christ has that authority 
right, as king in himself. Like, I'm going to raise myself from the dead. Well, that's pretty handy. You know, like, <laughs> no, who's done that? Uh, I'm tired of being dead now. I'm raising, like, uh, so, I mean, I think it's a, a big deal when I'm, like, dreaming and I'm like, I think I need to wake up now. And then I wake up. Like, wow, that was pretty impressive. <laughs> Christ did that while he was dead. That's impressive. Uh, so, uh, I want to get into then some fine print as we close here. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 through 11. Because there's some, so, so, so we've looked at the spiritual aspect, now we've looked at the physical aspect, but, but we need, in the contract here, with our authority, there's, there's some fine print. Uh, <coughs> uh, Cam, could you read Philippians 3, 9 through 11? Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 through 11. Okay. Um, uh, I guess it starts in the middle of the sentence. Yeah, if, if you want to back up, it says, Paul's a run-on sentence guy. Okay. Uh, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth and knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For, those, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. Okay, the last part's attractive, isn't it? Attaining the resurrection from the dead. Some fine print. Before you sign, how did Paul want to attain that? In his death? In his suffering. I'm not really keen on that aspect of it. Just going to tell you. I have enough just getting up on my own and dealing with suffering. Just as... But that's not, Paul isn't talking about getting up with a backache. Paul is talking about getting up, doing God's work, and suffering as a result of it. That's the attaining of the resurrection. Like, this is how Christ got to where he got through. There's, it, it, it's just like the baptism. Like, before we get to this, this comes before it. Right? The, the baptism comes before it. The death comes before, like all these things come before the, the victory. There's a challenge before you, victor, you have victory. You know, uh, we had, uh, Benjamin was, was small and, and I, we, I knew a wrestling coach. And he's like, I wish I had, I wish I had Benjamin on my team because he's so small. He wouldn't even have a, a competitor and I would win. Because in wrestling, if you don't have someone in your weight class, and you're in there, you just automatically get a victory. It's like, that would be, that would be great. You show up to high schools, and, and, and he's like, he's not even on, there's no one to wrestle him. <laughs> like, I would just get an immediate one point. Like, in the, you know, like, it only works in wrestling. That, that's the only place it works. Like, God says there's no victory, really, unless there's a challenge to what you're doing. Uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 31 Gabe, you want to read that? Acts 17, 31. Another piece of fine print. Acts 17, 
Acts 17 and verse 31. Okay, so, so what does the resurrection do also? <clears throat> Sorry, I was holding in a sneeze and I couldn't do it. Um, what? It gives proof. Okay, so, so what, but what is this proof doing? What's it there for? What's that? Oh, so, so this victory that he's gained, this establishes authority, but now there's a downside, as we're concerned, to his authority now, isn't there? We get to access the positive side of that, but now there's repercussions for not doing so. The resurrection is this, is this testament that there's a judgment Christ's resurrection does not just provide victory, it also provides defeat. Right? Wherever you have a contest, there's a victory and there's a defeat. Christ's, Christ, Christ's resurrection seals the fate of those who decide, I've seen it, I've seen the evidence, and I'm not interested. Cam, you had a thought? I was just, just going to add that, you know, again, in context, right, uh, in the verse before in 29, yep. 30, so it says here that you know, it reaffirms that we're God's children, yes. we're God's offspring, and and He makes a correlation to the idols that they worship, mm-hmm. the gold and silver, and, and to make a differentiation to prove that He's not like an idol. Right. And there's there's a there's a consequence to what He's, you know, to, to what He can bless and inflict. Right. Um, that you know that's why He chose death because je- death is not something that anything else can do besides right. him. Yeah. Right? You can't come back from the dead unless you're the, the creator can, is the only one that can give you life after yeah. you're dead. It, it, it kind of reminds me of, of like uh, Moses and the, the contest. Like there, there were some things that they could duplicate and, and kind of, they could kind of sneaky be, you know, oh, well, we can do this too. Okay, uh, we're going we're gonna to up it here. <laughs> and, and, and it gets to this thing where they can't duplicate it. And, it and, and with Christ, there's obviously the ultimate thing that you can't duplicate is defying death. You can't do that. There's only one person who can. So uh, the last one we're going to look at is in Romans chapter 10. We're going to read the larger context here. Uh, some people like just 9 and 10. We're going to back up to verse 6. And uh, I'll have Marsha, do you want to read Romans 10, 6 through 10? But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend to he- into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth, and it is in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaimed. 
that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Okay, so, so um, this gives some kind of background to this idea of confession, and, and all these things are premised upon the resurrection. He, he starts with this, it's kind of vague, and, uh, it, it, and it's who's going to go down into the abyss to bring him up, who's going to, and, and it's, this is establishing the, the premise. Only Christ could do that. No one has the power, like, like we talked about. He, he took the biggest challenge. He said, no one has the power to go get Christ out of, out of Hades. I, I, you know, no one had the ability to do that. Christ alone had that. So he comes back. He says, I have the power of death in Hades now. I have those keys. They're mine. So based upon that, and, and we, we, we back up to what we're talking about, where, where there's this fine print. You, you, there's now a contract that needs to be signed based upon this. I, I am the authority. This contract has to be signed. Otherwise, there's this other side of judgment. There's this other side of my authority, the not nice side of my authority that, that looms over, you know, in the background. I, I don't want to, I don't want to use that side of my authority, but I have to. That is an equal part of my authority. So, any thoughts as we close? Yeah. Times of ignorance? Yeah, the times of ignorance with the idols. But now he holds everyone responsible regardless because of the proof that he's given right. the world. Yep. I've never really. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you're dismissed.